Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Newsroom. My name is Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else who is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. So today's conversation is a good one. I'm really excited for you to hear it. I left this interview feeling very inspired and excited about the future of Newsroom. This week's guest is Thomas Sawyer. He is a photographer, podcaster, and entrepreneur. We talked about what inspires him, how he got into photography, how he owns his creative vision when he also needs to get paid, competitiveness as a creative, and how he transitioned from a day job to working for himself. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation, so let's get right into it. Inspiration. Inspiration is a tough. It's a tough subject for me, mm-hmm. um, because when I was really young, I relied too heavily on like social media, and I was so fixated on what I should be and what I could become and what mm-hmm. I wasn't succeeding in, and so I kind of had to stray away from that. But what's really inspiring me currently, um, I have a core group of like five really powerful, strong, intimidating women around me mm-hmm. um, that are all entrepreneurs and. They all came into my life at the same time last year when I really needed a group of people to come Mm -hmm. kind of encourage me. And so just watching them work and being around them has just been really inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always found that uh, I don't know what I do, but I just have always been surrounded by really strong women in my life. And so I'm very thankful for Mm -hmm. that. And so like right now, I'm really just focusing on like watching them grow and kind of absorbing as much as I can from them. It's just Mm -hmm. been really great. I love that. It's good to have um, a network of people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to. I, 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 in my personal life, I've always only had a few, like a handful of like really close friends, mm-hmm. and so to be able to have that in my business and my professional life has just been really like powerful. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I love that. Um, so you're at a party and you don't want to talk about photography or podcasting. How do you introduce yourself? I don't know. That's a tough question because I'm never at parties. Um, or if you're no, running into someone, yeah. Yeah. Um, I it's that that's a really interesting question because I've made my hobby and my passion my business, mm-hmm. and so all of my life is kind of engulfed in those two things. But I tend to talk about um, personal ideas and and sometimes even politics and stuff like I'm I'm really big in into encouragement and everyone being treated equally and everyone having as much of an equal opportunity as possible and so like if I can start a conversation based around ideas rather than like things people can do titles like, yeah yeah like I never I, I I never liked talking to people and having them list their accomplishments to mm-hmm. me and so like I liked connecting over like a common idea or a common like moral goal mm. and so something like that if I can connect with someone like that it's not very easy to do on like a really quick like impersonal basis but mm-hmm. if I can like spend time with someone like and really get to know them that's kind of the, that's where I like to connect with people like on a podcast yeah exactly <laughs> um I also feel like for creatives it's really hard to separate yourself 
from that identity of yeah. what you do. Um, but I just think it's like each person has so much to them, not just what they do for a job, not, um, yeah, like you said, the things that they accomplish. So Is it tough for you to kind of detach yourself from, from dance? Like, is it tough for you to like talk to people without having like that be like the core focus of the conversation? Kind of. And well, sometimes when I talk to people, I don't even like to say I'm a dancer because yeah. they're like, sorry, you get paid to dance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had really close friends of mine that are like, so how do you make money? Mm-hmm. And it's like, the, just the idea of being able to get paid to do something that you're passionate about or something that isn't conventional mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to most people. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I too try to stray away from like what I do. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's just get into your story a little bit. Can yeah. you start at the beginning? Sure so you thing. said you were from North Royalton? Yeah, I yeah. grew up in North Royalton, which is uh, about 20, 25 minutes south of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always, I, I attribute all of my creativity and all of my success and all of the good things in my life to my mother. Um, what did your mother do? Uh, like professionally? Uh-huh. Or, yeah, um, so she uh, is an accountant. Mm-hmm. And so she she never wanted to be an accountant and she never really got the chance to figure out what she wanted to do. And so she spent a lot of time encouraging me to be anything I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And um, she always thought that I was gonna be an architect because I, I liked structure and I liked uh, routine, but I also was very creative. Mm-hmm. And in high school, I f- fell in love with photography. So I went on a missions trip to El Salvador in 2008, and I took this like little point and shoot that my mom got for me to take photos. Just I never really like had a camera of my own, so she bought me that for the trip. And then when I got there, I saw other people taking photos, and so I started walking around with this thing, and I started taking p- pictures of the kids in the orphanage that we were volunteering at, and I started showing them the pictures, and their face would light up. And it was the first time in my life where I could connect with another human being Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to use my words Mm because I always felt like it was difficult for me to get across what I wanted to say using words. But I figured out that I don't even speak the same language as these people and I could show them an image and it makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's it. That's that's what I'm doing. And so like I got home and I just kept going after it. I took photos of my friends and I took photos of my friends' friends and then I started asking strangers that I met on like Facebook and on Instagram and I take photos of them and then I started getting paid to take photos and I just fell in love with it. I kept doing it and uh, I graduated high school and I realized that I didn't want to go to college. I, I tried to go to college for about two weeks and ended up dropping out um, because I felt like I knew, I felt that I could either go into photography or business mm-hmm. because I could, I know I wanted to own my own business doing photography. And so I enrolled in the photography courses. I took intro to photography and the head of my department, the head of the department was my teacher. And after about 30 minutes of listening to talk, I didn't like the way he interacted with people and I thought that I knew more than him. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. but. It was enough to get me out of that, so I enrolled in a business class. The business professors read from the book. I said, I can read textbooks to myself. I don't need this either, so I dropped out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, 
we've been told so often that we have to go to college mm-hmm. to do what we want to do and if we want to get a job, but I feel like now is the best time for us to learn whatever we want to learn on our own. Like, we don't have to go to school for it. No. I, and I think there are, there's a handful of things that you have to go to school yeah, for. Like but other, mm-hmm. Yeah. Being like a doctor or something. Doctors, <laughs> lawyers, like, things like that. Um, engineers, people that... But other than those things, and I'm, I'm glossing over probably a lot, but there are a lot of things that, like, you don't necessarily need to go have a degree in. And also, I feel like a lot of people go and get degrees that they don't want to use or they don't end up using. Yeah, I feel like it should be encouraged for people graduating from high school to not go to college right away because they're going to waste their money. Yeah. Like, they should have experienced something before. Mm -hmm. So they really know what they want to be doing. I mean, I went to college right away and... I mean, I had a great experience. I went to CCM, uh, College Conservatory of Music in okay. Cincinnati, and it was a great experience, but I didn't need to go there to get a job in dance, so. Did you do anything with that degree when you finished, when you graduated, or did you go straight into, into dancing full time? Well, I guess that's what you would say, I mean, going, getting a professional dance job is what using the degree. Okay, in sorry. Terms. Yeah, no, and then teaching, but I mean, the dance dance degrees, it's hard sometimes. I mean, it's mainly just taking dance classes. And sometimes if you're not ready to go into a professional career right away, mm-hmm. um, it's a good, like, middle period if you're not ready to join a company. Okay. And you can spend some time training. Sorry, I kind of went off on my own thing. No, 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 <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. Like, I, although I'm dating a dancer, it's, it's... There's still a lot I don't know, mm-hmm. and and so I I'm the kind of person that asks questions and like I don't like to assume anything, so I'd rather ask a stupid question and get the answer I need to know than yeah. just assume mm-hmm. something. Oh, and... of course, yeah. So questions are great, obviously. <laughs> um, I want to go back to something you were saying about your mom yeah. and how she really nurtured what you wanted to do, and I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, my parents were like that too. I mean, they didn't always have all of the money to send me away to summer intensives and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I think it's so important. There's so many parents saying, like, saying, oh, no, like, you, I want you to be safe. That's what it is. Like, yeah. Instead of wanting you to be happy, which is great, and that's part of what parents should be, but... I wish there were more parents doing what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 we growing up like we didn't have any money, and mm-hmm. so like, I still like I think back and I'm like, why did she spend a hundred bucks to buy me that point and shoot? But the thing is like she's she, and she might not even realize that, but by doing that she kind of launched me on the path that I'm on, mm-hmm. and um. Because she was so adamant that I get a job when I was younger and started earning my own money, like I got a job when I was barely 14 and I started working like 35 hours a week during the summer and that's how I was able to buy my first like DSLR camera. Mm-hmm. And so like in roundabout ways she built that up and she was always encouraging me to do the things that I wanted. So like when it came time to like pick a school and I said, I'm gonna to go to Tri C for a little bit, and then I then I said I'm I'm not gonna to go to school like I don't need this, and she was like, I trust you like mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that career field, and if you say you don't need a degree to do it, 
don't get a degree. Mm -hmm. As long as you're working and as long as you can support yourself and, and you're happy, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's, it's an experience that I don't think a lot of people have. Because you said a lot of, uh, there's a big fear of safety. Mm -hmm. And my mom realized that you can, that you can be safe in something that you love. You can fail at something that you love and you can be safe and fail from mm -hmm. something that you hate. Like there's no, there's no safety in something that you hate. Right. Like these big companies, they're like, they can go under at any point and then you're back to square one. Exactly. So like you might as well fail at something that you love. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I've been able to sustain myself this long and I hope it continues. But yeah. there's there's no point in my life where I can't say, well, this isn't working. I have to go get a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Like I'll always have that option. Right. But mm -hmm. that the, <laughs> the fear of me having to take on a nine to five will propel me into making this work mm -hmm. forever. Oh, exactly. Um, and another thing about safety um, if you're never doing anything that seems scary or seems unsure, you're never going to grow as a person. Yeah. So self growth is the best. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing I, I focus on the most is I, I want to become a better person each and every day. And I'm really fortunate that I have a, a job that allows me to interact with unique and individual people on a daily basis. So I can glean all this knowledge from people and I can ask them questions and I can be nosy and I can learn so much and, and I feel like the conversations that I've had, and that's actually why I started my own podcast, is the conversations I have with people on a daily basis are, I've grown more in that time period than I have in my entire life and I think I've grown more in this time period than I would have if I took on, like, if I went to college where mm -hmm. you're supposed to get the like college experience and you're supposed to be like prepared for life. like this was my college experience. Like right. starting a podcast was mm -hmm. my like preparing me for life. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel that way too. Cause another reason I started my podcast was because I don't always feel like I'm the most natural conversationalist. And like I said, I always feel like I'm, I've always been more awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just use this podcast as a, an assignment to get better at doing this. Do you, do you find that you, you kind of put yourself into situations like that because it, it betters you, like, to give yourself assignments? Or is this, like, the first one you've ever really, like, given yourself? I feel like this might be the first one because I, I think I've recently been focusing on personal growth. Yeah. I mean, not that I was just, like, blind and not thinking before that, but yeah. it's been very present in my life lately. That's good. I, I, I think, I can't remember when exactly, I think it was around the same time I heard the word personal growth, because that's like a trendy it is, like, phrase yeah, right it's now. It's buzzword. It buzz, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. But um, I think when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's what, I, that's what I'm interested in. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm passionate about. It was, it was, I realized there was like a word for how I was feeling coming out of these conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's when I was able to start, like, actually focusing in and doing it. And the tough thing for me was I was so focused on it when I realized it, but I didn't push myself to start the podcast until, like, a year and a half later. Okay. Like, it took me so long to actually dive in and start doing mm -hmm. this 
because I, 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 I asked the first guest to be on my podcast in July of 2017. I didn't start the podcast until February of 2018. Wow. Was it the, was that guest actually a guest on yeah, the podcast? Yeah, that was the first guest. Which one was your first? Uh, Madeline Finn. I did listen. I listened to that. Yeah, episode. the audio on that is terrible. Oh. But, but okay. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, I, I, the reason I, the reason, and I do air quotes around that, that I didn't start that podcast in, in July, I kept saying to myself, well, I don't have the right equipment. Mm-hmm. I can't do it because I don't have the right tools. And so not only did I not have the means to get the tools by the time February rolled around, but I realized I'm going to keep using that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so if I do it with the tools that I have and it doesn't work as well, but it, I still get something up, I'll know that I, I have the strength to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to, to like, after about four episodes, I, I was able to invest in microphones to actually get good audio quality and it normally works. Mm-hmm. But I, would, I knew in my heart that I can do this because I've done it with poor tools. So now that I have good tools, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It's all about the communication with people. Right. It's about the content. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you can't hear the conversation at all, yeah. then, you know, but I think if you can hear the conversation a little bit, then, I mean... As long as you're not, yeah. like, as long as it's not unlegible, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, I know that's more for writing than audio, but I don't know the right word, but as long as there's something, it's more about the content than, mm-hmm. than what yeah. it looks like. It's just like um, with video, it, it's it's more about the story than it is the way it looks. Mm-hmm. If, if a story is good and it's shot poorly, no one cares, mm-hmm. but no one wants to watch great footage of nothing yeah it's about story mm-hmm. so that's all that matters right. and so it, that that for me starting where I started it was very motivational to me mm-hmm. so yeah I listened to the other episode you had when you talked about that yeah and it totally resonated with me because I felt the same way and I was like oh I should watch YouTube videos of Terry Gross interviewing people and you know and do, do all this research yeah and I was like no you're wasting time just do it and that's how you learn is by getting into it and yeah. experiencing it well and that's that's kind of why um like that that idea that like oh i should watch these videos and i should prepare and i have to do all these things and it has to be perfect and it has to look like what i consume and i realized that i don't have to make something that i would watch mm-hmm. i have to make something that i'm proud of and then there will be a group of people that find it that want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that me personally, I, I never go into a conversation preparing like topics. Mm-hmm. Like I never like, I'll like it. Like when I do a photo shoot, I usually like, I'll look at someone's Instagram and I'll say like, Oh, I know they go to, they go to college or they play the sport. And that's the one thing I'll have like one thing in my head and I'll get into the photo shoot and I'll start talking to them about that. And I'll lead into a conversation. Yeah. And then they're comfortable and start shooting. But I was like, that's how the podcast should be for me. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I normally do it. And yeah. I shouldn't put this pressure on myself to prepare all this right. stuff. Yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah, and so that's that's what it is. It's just about kind of being self-aware of like, how does this function for me? Mm-hmm. And then taking that and making whatever. Like, whatever it looks like, that's just what you put online. Yeah. And so that's great for me. I, there's no pressure in that. If people don't like it, great. I, I like it. And if people like it, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm super pumped about that. Yeah, there were. I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple days ago, and she was saying there's two types of interviewers. Uh, there's the Larry King and the Terry Gross. The Larry King doesn't go into any interviews with 
He doesn't go into them with any preparation. He doesn't read their book. He doesn't mm-hmm. watch their movie. Nothing. And then Terry Gross will carefully curate everything she wants to talk about. But it's, like you said, it's what's finding finding what works for you. Neither one is good or bad. Yeah. Neither one is correct. So so do you, do you think that you're Terry Gross? Do you think you're prepared? Oh, <laughs> I wish I was Terry Gross. But no, yeah, I, I think I gravitate t- more towards that. Definitely. Yeah, if that's the mm-hmm. two ends of the spectrum, yeah, you're yeah. more towards right. her. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm definitely up there with Larry King. I don't, I'm not the interviewer he is, but like, I don't prepare anything. Like, there have been people who, like, uh, I have one friend who's a poet, and I know she's insanely talented, but like, the first time I shot with her, I'm like, I'm not reading your books before. I want to, like, I want to consume your personality before I consume your content. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like social media is just a highlight reel for people. And then, like, you develop this, like, persona online. And so I would rather get to know who you are rather than who you're trying to show everyone that you are. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So that's kind of, I think that kind of ties into why I don't prepare. Yeah. There's, there's, there's levels to everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like part of it that's ingrained. It's like, I'm so curious about people's true nature rather than mm-hmm. like what they want to show everyone. Right. Because mm-hmm. for me, I don't know where the line is. I know what I don't want to show people, but I'm still trying to figure out what I want to show people. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, I think I'm just like throwing everything at the wall. I'm like, I'm like, okay, these are the, the few things that I don't talk about. And then I'm just going to share everything else mm-hmm. because I'm going to spend too much time thinking about yeah. what I should and shouldn't mm-hmm. share. Yeah. Do you think that you capture that in your photos? Like with people? I hope I do. Yeah. I, I, I would rather take an out-of-focus photo that captures someone's personality that's poorly lit and all these things that are technically wrong with it then be like it be a technically professional photo and look like it could be of anyone Mm -hmm. like for me it's more like I spend most of my photo shoots are like 90 minutes to two hours I spend and if it's 90 minutes I spend an hour and 20 minutes with people just talking and like 10 minutes shooting. Like it's very heavy on mm-hmm. me building a relationship with people because I think photography for me means a relationship. I'm showing you what I see in a person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm capturing their personality as yeah. I see it. And I can't do that if I don't know that person. Mm-hmm. And so it's very crucial for me to do that. Um, I know some people that they think photo time it's time to shoot not time to talk and they don't talk at all and I know there's different levels of it and it works for different people but for right. me my style of photography and the way I like to work is just I want to make sure that when you look at the photo you see yourself mm-hmm. and so that's that's the most important thing yeah I mean I really like that because one of the reasons we have photos is for when we're dead and our grandchildren are looking at pictures of us and mm-hmm. they're like we they want to know that person that they never got to met yeah to meet and so if you can really capture that that's a good thing well my whole philosophy is about like i just want to leave a positive impact on the world mm-hmm. and i think the th- i i think that my photographs can't do that and i try to say that in the least cocky way possible mm-hmm. But like, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's just like, it sounds very conceited, but like, mm-hmm. in honesty, like, I'm trying to preserve you at this point in time. And if I'm doing my job well, it'll stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's one of those things where like, I can only 
just walk with confidence and hope. Mm-hmm. And then in a hundred years, when we're all gone and the photos are living on to be representations of who we were, then we'll know. Mm-hmm. So I'll never find out if I succeeded. Yeah. But I can I can hope and and the happiness it brings the people that see them that see the photo of themselves and say like that's me or like when a mom texts me because um, her daughter gave her my number so she could say like you captured the side of my daughter that I've always wanted captured like that's the best thing anyone mm-hmm. can say to me. Yeah. It's not like oh this is lit very well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just that's what it's about for me mm-hmm. and. I know that I might be alone in that and I might not be alone, but I just, I would rather be myself and I'd rather get less clients because of it mm-hmm. than have someone like, then start shooting technically professional and mm-hmm. quick and, and go against my true nature. Yeah, don't sell out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you, I think we kind of already answered it though. Um, what do, you, what do you hope people walk away with? I mean, you kind yeah. of already answered that, so. I, that's, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's that happiness that people see in themselves and they see their, when they see their own selves. Um, I think um, it's, it's interesting because I think there's a difference between looking at yourself in a mirror and then looking at a photograph that someone else has taken because although you still have all those biases about yourself, those little voices in the back of the head, when you see something and someone actually sees your true nature mm-hmm. or documents it well, I think that's that's something that's, it, it's a very positive influence. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think I might have done, I might have accomplished that four or five times in my career. And it's very, like, it, as, as hard as I try to, con- to capture someone's personality, I don't think I succeed as often as I fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a good fight. It's a good yeah. fight to have. Well, with each failure, hopefully you're learning something. And taking yeah. Away. Well, I mean, I think it's Not just... Not that it's a failure. But, you know, yeah. It, when it, it, like, it, failure is... There's a negative connotation to the word mm-hmm. failure because it's negative, but mm-hmm. it's a, failure is a good thing. Yeah. You learn mm-hmm. from failure. Like it's probably one of the best lessons. Exactly. Like you, pers- back to personal growth. Mm-hmm. You you develop who you are through failure. And if you stop when you fail, you're never going to get anywhere with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like taking an actual photo of someone's true personality is very difficult because you have to be in the right mindset as the photographer, but you also have to get someone to the point where they're actually vulnerable with their personality and like it comes out. Mm-hmm. And so like I say the word failure, but it's just it's almost like the stars have to align and there mm-hmm. has to be this like it it's just like the camera clicks at the right opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's organic. Yep. Um, so I wrote something down of what you said in another podcast. <laughs> um, so it um I have the idea this is what you said. The idea that I get to spend my time and energy doing exactly what I want is more important to me than having money to do things that are fun on the weekend. So I kind of wanted to talk about taking that and talk about how that drove you to transition from having a full-time job into making your passion your business. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna try to consolidate and, and say this as, as cleanly as possible. <laughs> For me, I always knew that was what was gonna happen, um, and so I was very fortunate to get a full time job 
well, it was part-time, but turned into full-time mm-hmm. right out of high school without a college degree. And so that financial stability that parents crave for us mm-hmm. was very important. And it was, it's, it's ingrained in you whether your parents are supportive or not. Like, it's just our culture. Mm-hmm. We feel that, like, it's important to be safe. Um, and so I got this job, and I adopted a lifestyle that fit the income I was making. And I always knew, you need to quit, you need to quit. I had this voice in the back of my head that was pressuring me to do what I needed to do. And the hardest thing about quitting your full-time job and becoming a freelance artist is you go from, you lose that safety net, but also because there's no consistent income, you constantly second-guess yourself. I feel like I'm getting off track. What specific? So, so can you kind of can you kind of guide me back to what you what you're looking for? Um, how you kind of worked through that transition. Okay. And then also, yeah, like maybe what steps you took. Yeah. Each step of the way. Okay. So, um, when I so I worked at that full time job for three and a half years, um, and I had been shooting photography on the side, and I'd been like like the my job was making videos and. On, on, in all my free time, I would be taking photos outside of that. So I was constantly, I had a camera in my hand, um, which was very beneficial. The fact that I was actually doing something around the field that I was interested mm-hmm. in. But I was able to build up a, a, like a, not a list of like a client list, but I was able to build up some enough traction to where um, in January of 2015, I took a week off and I booked three weddings that, that week and when I went back I was like I don't think this is a good fit for me I think this is something I want to take advantage of and so I'm gonna go and so I had this buffer of about five thousand mm-hmm. dollars um, I ended up working at that job till March 13th of 2015 that was the last day I was I was employed full-time <laughs> and so when I when I left there I had a buffer of about 5000 and as a, relying on your your photography full-time and using that as a buffer, not great, didn't last that long, um, and it was really difficult, and it was hard, and it beat me up, and um, I learned that weddings are not where I belong, and mm-hmm. I'm not good at them, and they don't function with me and my personality. Um, it was bad for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And that was really difficult. That was a hard pill for me to swallow because it was the first time in my life that photography was fighting my mental health rather than helping it. Because for the longest time I was focused on um, expressing myself because it's a good outlet. Mm-hmm. And so it was helping me like go through all these emotions I was dealing with and all the things I was struggling with. And then it became something that clashed with it. And so that was a very hard pill for me to swallow. So I'm dealing with not having money, I'm dealing with my mental health being low, and I'm dealing with something that I um, didn't enjoy shooting. And so I shot my weddings, and then I would have like a week of recuperation, and then I would focus on shooting portraits. Um, I would give a few clients portraits. When you shoot individual clients, you either need a bulk of them, or you need to have something else that subsidizes that income. and so I had like one portrait client, so I really relied on the weddings. And I found out 
through everything that it's more important that you stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because when you focus on the projects you're actually actually passionate about, you start to gain traction and start making money based around that. Mm-hmm. So like I shoot something I will I I I make a paycheck by shooting something I didn't like and then focus on shooting something that I was passionate about. And then I'd get like one job that would do really well and then I'd go back to not having money. And then I'd get a wedding, shoot the wedding, make the paycheck, and keep repeating that cycle until I finally figured out that like so I, I took on I, I took on a wedding and then I didn't have anything for like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. And so I I started shooting this video series. Um, I hadn't touched a video camera since my job because I got really burnt out of my job. And I started this video series called Artisans. And the people that had been following me online kind of went crazy because mm-hmm. they didn't know that I did video. And so I started getting all these inquiries about video. I started building up this video business. And I'm at the point right now where my video business uh, makes me more money than my wedding business ever did, and I had I was able to stop shooting weddings. So I found something that I was passionate about that I got through shooting something I was passionate about, and it just ended up working like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I feel like that was a very clouded uh, yeah. explanation of that. It was good. Uh, there was something you said. Um, I can't something you said about. I don't know, maybe this was what you said, something like you, I'm just going to make something up. No, you're gonna, no, do it. <laughs> um, Paraphrase me. Making, you're, you're going to, it's going to be more rewarding and fruitful if you actually do the work, the, do the, take on the projects that you want to be instead of doing the wedding projects. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, kind of like if you're thinking if, I don't know if you really believe in like energy and how the energy you put out and comes back to you mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff yeah definitely do okay so I think that kind of comes back to that and yeah. how if you're putting your energy into something that you don't want to be doing and you are sorry I'm having trouble articulating this you're good you're good um so you're putting energy into weddings and you don't you know that it's not what you want to do. You have that in the back of your head. And so that energy is obviously going to not work out. Yeah. Do you, you're setting yourself sense? up for failure. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're 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 pouring all of you you're pulling all of your energy into things that are into negative energy, mm-hmm. essentially. You're putting yeah. it into something you don't care about. And for me, like I feel like I've poorly articulated this before, so I'm going to kind of revamp a little bit. But I fly by the principle that you're never going to get paid to do something you won't do for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you should sell yourself short and you should undervalue what you do. But if you want to get paid to make YouTube videos, you have to make YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. If you want to get paid to dance, you have to dance. Yeah. If you want to get paid to take photos, you have to take photos. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that like, when I quit my job, I was so focused on finding that safety net. Mm-hmm. And I was so focused on um, trying to figure out what would lead me to the quickest success, mm-hmm. rather than focusing on the projects that I was most passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I, when basically when I, when I, 
shot that last wedding, I ran out of things to do because I, I was like, I don't know what else to do to make me successful. And this idea of like filming a video was just like something for fun that like I had toyed around with for um, a friend of mine. And I shot this video and now my business is video and I love what I'm doing and I'm actually getting paid my worth at this point because I was willing to do it just for the sake of doing something I was interested in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it changed my whole philosophy because at that point I was so focused on I'm going to become the successful photographer, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to get paid to shoot at whatever I want. And whatever I want was like editorial photos. Like I'm going to be in this little tiny box. I put myself in this box and I didn't see anything outside of that. Mm -hmm. And when I shot this video and people started seeing, like I started seeing traction online and traction from, from people that wanted to pay me to make videos, it opened up my eyes that I can take on all these projects that have nothing to do with whatever my end goal might be and they're still gonna get me further ahead. And I can just scratch these edges and be curious and I can do these things that make me more fulfilled rather than like only trying to take and find opportunities that lead me from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Because there's no straight line through what you're doing. There's always a zigzag line, but you get to your destination. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it changed my whole mindset. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, so with all of that, what would you say to anyone who's trying to make that transition for themselves? Um, well, see, this is the thing, and I, I actually, I want to do a whole podcast uh, about it myself, but I'll, I'm going to dive into it here. Um, I'm really bad at sharing my failures, and I'm good at sharing the failures that have a good ending. Mm -hmm. like, like, I'm good at saying, like, this is how I failed, but look how I'm succeeding because of it. And like when I quit my job, I was like, I'm gonna make it as a full-time artist. And then five months in, I had to get a job at a pizza shop. And so I'm, 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 I'm not only am I struggling with the weddings starting off, but also I'm beating myself up because I'm technically not an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. I have supplemental income. Yeah. And it's not cool to have a pizza job. It's not cool to deliver pizzas. Like that's not a, that's not like anyone's dream job. And that doesn't sound cool. Like. It doesn't sound cool to like get on stage and be like, guess what? I'm a photographer. Half the time, because the other half the time, I have to deliver pizzas. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, it's what got me through. And I think, like, I think the two most important things to remember is when you do this, you have to, like, you just have to swallow all your pride. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't be prideful anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to have to, like... Sometimes you have to start with those weddings, that's the projects you don't want to do. And sometimes you have to start with getting a yeah. part-time job to get you there. And some, there are sacrifices you have to make that are beyond that. And you also can't lose sight of what you want to do. Right. It, it, it wasn't something I, like, when I quit my job, I thought I wanted to be one thing. And now I realize that I'm something so much different, even though I'm still in the same field. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just kind of, Having being self-aware of that your ideas and mentality and what you want to do changes and you have to follow it and then also being as humble as possible yeah. knowing that you're never too good for anything right. yeah there's a balance between that yeah sure. like because like for me it, it I, I when I was in that pizza shop, folding boxes, folding pizza boxes, and then waiting to take my run, and then going out and delivering. I was constantly thinking about 
this is the stuff I'm going to go sit on podcasts and go give speeches about in three years about how I like how I've overcome. And it may not seem like a big over like a big obstacle to overcome. And I know people have way worse than mm-hmm. I do. But for me, like that was my thing. It was just like when I was in those tough times, it was really easy for me to give up. Mm-hmm. And I realized that by doing what I'm doing to make it work, that's going to set me apart from everyone right. else. Mm-hmm. I think making a podcast would be super helpful. Yeah, and, and I'll be able to consolidate, I'll be able to yeah. better articulate it. Do you mean just one episode of the podcast you have or a whole separate? Uh-huh. I mean, if, if, I think just one episode. Yeah, I'm the type of person that, like, I have too many things that could be full ideas, <laughs> and I'm just like, nope, just make them small ideas and yeah. put them all into one thing, and, mm-hmm. because I just want to keep putting as much stuff out there, because yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily think that everyone can benefit from the stuff that I do, mm-hmm. but I'm, it would be really s- foolish of me for, for me to not put something out there because everything, everyone can't benefit from yeah. it. I'm just going to put out there everything that I, all the tools that I have, all the information, right. all the experiences, and whoever needs what, they can find them. Mm-hmm. Every, every little thing helps. Yeah, and everything, everything impacts everyone in different ways. Mm-hmm. So if I just put as much out there as I can, just sharing as much of me, like, everyone will find what they need. And, like, they'll find it when they need it. Because mm-hmm. most people, when they, like, something attaches to them, it's because that's what they need at that time. So, yeah. I, and I want to be that for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And whether I will or not, who knows, but it's making me happy in the moment, and so I'm going after it. Mm-hmm. And what you said about how your struggle might not have, it was a struggle, but it wasn't like this crazy I'm, struggle. I'm, I'm a straight white male. My mm-hmm. struggles right. aren't like the worst in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's different levels of struggle, and everyone is going through some mm-hmm. type of struggle, so. Well, that's, mm-hmm. and that's it, like. I know that I don't have it the worst in the world, but mm-hmm. also, like, that doesn't mean that what I've gone through can't help someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, that's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's what you were getting at, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Wow. We're getting at 47 minutes, but <laughs> I have more things to ask you. Cool. I, I, no, I've got all the time in the world, whatever you want to ask. Cool. Um, and then you can cut stuff out. Cool. <laughs> let's talk about... Um, Creativity, yeah. And what that means to you. So I have a couple different things to that we can talk about and yeah. directions we can go. Um, so oh, we kind of already got to that. But so what do you do when you're really blocked and you just you're you don't want to do what you're doing and you're trying to keep the creativity flowing, but it's just not. Um. So that's a that's a that's a tough question for me because. Um, There have been times in my life when I haven't felt the most confident about my work and pushing through it helped. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where pushing through it hurt me and it made things worse. And um, because of the things that I struggle with, with my personal health, um, my mental health, um, I've had to become very self-aware of when when not to push myself. Um, so I think how to get out of a creative block, you first have to, I think it's very important to start with pushing yourself Mm -hmm. and find that line, find what helps and what hinders. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, 
it's not perfect. It's still very fuzzy. But for me, like, there are certain opportunities where I'm like, um, I'm using my lack of creativity as an excuse not to do something because I'm afraid people are going to judge me online or I'm afraid of something. I'm afraid of failure, ultimately. And um, then there's some times where it's like, no, you need to, like, you need to, like, just, like, put all that stuff on the back burner and just focus on getting your mind right. Um, But for me, getting out of creativity, like, getting out of a creative funk in, like, the shortest sense of a word... uh, I'm really inspired by um, what my friends are doing and what um, the, the, the creativity around me. And so if I'm in a creative rut, I usually just like, because I'm a, I, so I specialize in photo and video. And the people that I've, those five people I mentioned before, none of them do that. Um, they all use social media to do what they do and they're all entrepreneurs, but they don't focus on that. Mm-hmm. That's not their, their craft. And so I'll just reach out to one of them and be like, hey, let's make something. And so being around them, having that, that close group of people that does things that I can capture, that helps me get out of my funk. Because mm-hmm. even, like, so if, if, if one, of, one of them is, um, a, she, actually, I call her a food blogger, but that's a very loose sense of the word. But so I'll just be like, let's, let me come over and let's make something. And so like, I'll just make a video or a video, take some photos of her in her kitchen or whatever it may be. And there's no plan, there's nothing, and I can just make something. And because I'm not thinking about how I can be creative yeah. or what I can make, I'm just doing something with someone who is creative, mm-hmm. I can get myself out of that funk. Yeah. And so, like, I honestly, I don't know the last time I've been in a creative funk just because if I'm not working on a client's project and I'm not working on something for my personal brand, I usually have someone who wants to collaborate with me or do something or who Mm -hmm. wants to use me as a resource and so i've got so many things happening constantly that i forget that i'm not being like or i'm not being the best creative right i think that's also part of it it's just constantly creating Mm -hmm. don't worry about what you're making just keep making and after the fact like if you make something like this is shit well okay then don't post it sorry Mm -hmm. can i swear on your podcast i'll put the little e next to it (laughs) no 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 okay I'll, I'll rephrase. Oh, oh no, just just keep talking. <laughs> uh, but but okay. So if if I if 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 I make something, I'm like this is this is not great. This isn't good at all. This is garbage. I'll just not post it. Mm-hmm. I don't share. I can keep that for myself. Or I can post it and say, look at hey guys, I'm not really pumped with this. But like I would rather show you guys a bad day than only show you the best because yeah. once you start curating for other people then they start thinking about how bad their life is because they only see the top 1% of what you do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know. It's just levels to it. But yeah. for me, circling back, it's all about just constantly creating and surrounding yourself with, like, creative people. Yes. Um, definitely. Have you heard of the book The Artist's Way? I haven't. I, I, I wish I was a big reader. I'm not. I just got into Audible, though. Okay. And so I listen to books now. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I, it's very new to me, so please explain. It's more of a workbook. So Interesting. She has this thing called Morning Pages. I don't know if you're in the journaling at all. I wish I was. You wish you were? That's okay. There's <laughs> different forms of everything. Um, but basically, like, you just you wake up in the morning and you just write three pages stream of consciousness. And it doesn't have to be good writing. It's, yeah. It's all about 
just getting stuff out onto paper and just exercising that muscle. Um, so like you said, not every, just constantly doing that creative work, whether you're going to end up with something creative or not, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's good. And sometimes I guess you just have to skim through all of the bad stuff to get to what's good. Yeah, I think I, when I, I think for me, creating so much on such a large scale, I think I've kind of lost that like that I've lost the time mm-hmm. to be able to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's I've got I've got so much I have to get out so quickly. Um, with building a personal brand, running a small business, making sure all the clients have everything, mm-hmm. um, and then any consulting I do with people that need help building their brand, it takes so much time that like I don't have the time to second guess myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you set yourself up like that, y- you you can't fail that mm-hmm. way because when like it's almost like it's, I kind of have a, a mirror image with that and with my um, well being, whereas like. I haven't gotten sick in, like, I haven't gotten actually sick in probably, like, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have time to get sick. Like, my body just, there's something about my brain controls my immune system to where I never get sick. And I think it's just because I'm so busy and constantly, my brain never thinks about, like, whether or not I'm sick. Yeah. And so I think that's just part of it. It's just, like, if you can be creating as much as you can constantly, you lose that sense of, like fear of judgment and all that stuff because you don't have time to think about it. And Mm -hmm. when you're just like thinking about like, when you're just sitting around like, what should I create? What can I do? And you're just wallowing. Mm -hmm. That's when you start to really like, you get that sickness of creativity. You don't feel good and you, you, Mm -hmm. you don't, you start to second guess everything. Yeah. So I think, I mean, don't become a workaholic like me, but also just keep moving moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my girlfriend actually had a, a good, um, she was talking with, with, with a friend and they were talking about um, staying stagnant. And we were talking about um, water, that mm-hmm. when water's stagnant, it gets murky, cloudy, mm-hmm. cruddy. Yeah. And when it's running, it's clear and it, it's, it's focused and it's, it, it carves out, it, water carved the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and so as long as you keep moving, you will make big strides. Yeah, so. I like that analogy. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm surrounded by really smart people. I, yeah. I, I just, you, uh, what's that phrase? You are the median of the uh, five to ten people you spend the most time with. So I've I've, I've surrounded myself with the smartest of people. Mm-hmm. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart in itself. Um, okay, one more big question, and then we can. Oh, you have, oh my gosh, you are so, you are more like that preparer than you think. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a game. It's kind of not really a game. I'm into it. I'm okay. Into it. But let's do one more big thing. Yes. Um, so can you talk about how you deal with competitiveness as a creative? And if oh. you ever find yourself thinking competitively and comparing yourself to others, how you work through that? Well, of course I think, I think competitively because I'm a human. Mm-hmm. I think by nature we all... We want the best, we want everyone to love our life and we want the best opportunities for ourselves. So it's very difficult to always be like pro community mm-hmm. and, and not feel competitive. Um, for me, it's very, it was very difficult starting out, starting out because um, 
as a, as a young creative, and I'm, I'm only 25, but I'd say as a young creative, it was so easy for me to look at someone and say, I'm better than them, and they're getting those opportunities, when in reality, like, I need to just be focused on being thankful for the things that I have. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started with that. I started trying to be to focus on what I was doing. And if you're not happy, like if I wasn't happy with what the, what the opportunities I had, it, then I needed to go out there and find the opportunities for myself. But what I realized was I was jealous of people because I looked down on them. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to get past that is to stop looking at the people who you look down on. That's a waste of your time, being jealous, being negative, being mean. It's going back to that energy that we mm -hmm. talked about. You're just putting out all this negativity and it's not good for you. Yeah. And so I only focus on the people's, like especially in the photography community, the people's work that I consume are the people who I respect and I love and I'm proud of. And so by doing that, if I start to think, I'm, if I start to get jealous about what they're doing, I can remember to myself that there are, they are wonderful, talented people and they deserve everything that they get. Mm -hmm. just, as, just as you deserve yeah. everything that you get. And so by removing all that jealousy and negativity that I was, like those, those people that had that surrounding them in my brain from what I see on social media and what I see in my life, I don't really, like, I can't be jealous of one of my friends because I can't say they don't deserve that because they do deserve mm -hmm. that. And so that's, that was really, that was, that's the only way I could really pull myself from that is by curating what I was seeing. It, it's, um, I, there, I've heard a bunch of philosophies and I'm, I'm going to butcher one of them, but it's, it's just about, um, you putting all, whatever you, whatever you put into your brain, it's just like whatever you put into your stomach. If you put bad food into your stomach, you're going to feel bad. Mm -hmm. If you put bad things into your brain, you're going to feel, you're going to mm -hmm. think bad. You're going to feel bad. And so I, I've just, I, I've been slowly and steadily, and I've, been, I've had to remind myself to just focus on putting, allowing the things into my brain that are positive. And just building a, a, a just a little bunker of positivity in mm -hmm. my brain. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know if that fully answers your question. No, um, that's great. Yeah, and I, I'm all for community. I think um, I think as a creative, you should be willing to share everything you know, mm -hmm. um, because so especially okay in photography, um, just because you share everything you know doesn't mean people can then steal your clients, because. The whole point of photography is, at its core, art, and you can't have art without the artist. Mm -hmm. So, if you give away all the tools that you have, um, they can't replicate you and your personality and what you do. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I heard this from a photographer, and I regret not writing it down, but they said that they give away all their tools because it forces them to get new tools. And so once you give away all the information you have, and everyone knows how to do what you do, they still can't do it because they're you, but also it forces you to find, go and find yeah. new tools. So mm -hmm. it helps you grow. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what community means to me. It's just mm -hmm. about sharing your information with the people around you and then absorbing all that they can give you. Mm 
yeah. and just becoming the best version of you and mm -hmm. everyone becomes really great yeah. and you're all successful together and then there's no room for jealousy and then everyone's happy. Yeah, and being thankful for that. Being oh yeah. Grateful oh. for all of the amazing creative, creativity going on around you. Yeah, it, 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 it's just positive energy everywhere and, mm -hmm. and when you find these people that are more focused about community than competition, you you can share their success and they can share yours and everyone lifts each other up and everyone's more successful. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you find that like, at least I found that the majority of people that are successful and happy are the people who aren't worried about being successful. They're just worried about making the, the, their environment better for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like if the people that are really like those, like, you always hear about like the richest people or the most oppressed people. Yeah, because they stepped on people and they're alone now. Right. It's, it's not about the fact that they have money. It's the fact that they've isolated themselves. And so when we focus on community, we don't isolate ourselves. That's so true. Mm -hmm. All right. You said it. <laughs> okay, so let's play a game. It's not really a game, but so I just have a bunch of flashcards yes and we won't get through all of them of yeah course. there's a thick stack there's got to be like a hundred there yeah i was just randomly just writing down whatever came to mind so some might be a question some might just have a phrase on it or yes. a word so you can shuffle them up and pick one to start all right maybe we'll do like that three or four <laughs> all right wonder what we're gonna get. the first one if i can pick one what do you think happens when you die? When we die? That is very appropriate. Thank you for just the deepest question. Are these supposed to be like quick answers? Okay, uh, that's probably the only one that might not be a quick answer. Do you answer. want me to pick a different one? No, do it. Um, so, gosh. Or unless you don't want to do it. No, I don't, okay. I don't care. I just don't want to get super dark on your podcast at oh, the I end. I don't care. We'll, we'll do another one, and I promise that's the only dark one. It's probably not dark. It's just dark because I mean. Um, I think it's interesting. I like thinking. Okay, so I'm gonna stay very. Um, I'm gonna stay away from religion and politics mm -hmm. and all that. So I'm just gonna say it doesn't matter what happens when you die because no matter where you go, you shouldn't focus on what happens after. You should focus on what happens now doesn't because matter. if you believe that something happens after, great. If you believe that nothing happens after, great. You should still be focusing on making a positive impact here. Mm -hmm. So as long as you are doing the best you can to have the, not the best life, but to make life the best for everyone around you. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't answer your question fully. No, but I like, that's a great answer. Good. Okay. Um, it's all you. All me? Okay. <laughs> meditation. I want to hear what you have to say about meditation. I need to do more of it. I think we all do. <laughs> I... I have so much trouble getting into a routine because like I said earlier I'm not an I'm not a morning person mm -hmm. actually I don't know if I said that I said I was a night owl but that goes without saying <laughs> um, I don't like waking up early and I feel like right now there's so much being fed to us about all of the wellness things that you need to do mm -hmm. and there's just so much of it and so right now I'm just like there's too much there's too much I'm just not gonna do it <laughs> 
and I feel like like it's almost become stressful. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have to be doing this much meditation a day, and you have to be uh, doing these things. You have to be journaling, and you have to you have to do three kind things for mm-hmm. people, and you have to meet two new people. And I'm like, I can't. No, I I don't even have time to meditate. That's yeah. five minutes. Like mm-hmm. you're like asking me to take half my day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even have that for like right. to spend with the people I love. Exactly. So um, for me, I I. I tried meditation and I realized that my form of meditation is I take really long showers mm-hmm. and I let the water run and it gets really hot and I can just I just put my hands on the back of my head and I just think and a lot of my um, ideas for video projects and stuff come through that mm-hmm. because I let my mind wander mm-hmm. where I know classic meditation is about freeing your yeah. mind of all thought but for me like sometimes I just need to let my brain like cycle through everything that it wants to think about and then I can just like it's clear mm-hmm. like I've thought about all the things that I'm going to think about yeah so that's my meditation yeah thing. finding what works for you again yeah mm-hmm. I that's that's always been my thing and I did a podcast about that it's it's there's no one way to do anything there's one way for you mm-hmm. so as long as you like find out what works for you who cares what people say because yeah. you found what works exactly all right what do we got I don't know it's just a word melon <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you can. Do you like melons? <laughs> I do. I do like watermelon, and I'm glad that it's summer because I wanted watermelon like four months ago, and it was really depressing because no, it wasn't yeah. depressing. It was very, very sad that um, it's not in season here, and I, Shoot. I just I. I have fond memories of my mom cutting watermelon when we were kids. <laughs> Yeah, I have never. Have you ever bought one like now that you're on your own? I've, I've never, never bought either. As an adult, I've never bought a watermelon. I would not ever want to cut a watermelon. It sounds very daunting. It was. I always like. My mom would big buy the biggest watermelons, and then she would struggle to cut them, and like it was always so funny because I just see her with this like huge <laughs> knife, like I don't know. It's but I always like. I I it's a, it's a fun. Food to eat as a kid, because yeah. you get like either like a triangle or a big like half like when you got like a big one and you would mm-hmm. like have this like you pretend it was a giant mouth, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's melon. <laughs> Do you have any melon stories? As that's you, you. That was it. That was just mm-hmm. the the typical kid like memories of sure. like watching mm-hmm. a parent struggle to cut a giant fruit <laughs> yeah. and then eating it when it was really hot. Yeah, I'm just because it's both a drink mm-hmm. and a food. It is. I do. We can do a couple more. Okay. Uh, would you rather drink... Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca or go skydiving? Um, I don't know what's... I think it, it, what is less scary, and I don't know. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard, like, horror stories of both. Um, I have no experience with both. Just... I've not done either. Um, I wish I was cool enough to say ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my brain is so dark and twisted that it's just like a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. And that skydiving, although like more physically more dangerous, would probably be better for me. So yeah. I think I'm going to have to go skydiving. Okay, cool. All right. Would you rather walk barefoot through the snow or through the mud in brand new socks? Um, definitely snow barefoot. Really? Not even a thought to that. Just uh, the idea of getting new socks dirty. Like just... 
freaks me out. Mm-hmm. The idea of socks in general kind of freaks me out, if I'm being honest. But the um, idea of, I don't know, it just socks are weird. Have you ever thought about socks? I love socks. <laughs> what about socks do you love? Like just buying new socks all the time. Just like with like fun patterns and yeah. stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I don't buy fun socks. I buy the same like short, either gray or black socks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I'm, I'm a weirdo. Consistent. I, I like what I like and I never change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's a downfall of me and also a blessing. Um, so, like, I will, I'll, I, I, I have, if I want something to eat, I know the restaurant I get it from and I go to one restaurant. Wow. It's very, it's, it's weird. That's, that's just how you roll. That's good. Develop. I'm going to, you go. What, what is that? What do you think? What's the first thing you think of when you hear the word develop? For me, it's self growth and self development. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For me, it's film. That's what I kind of thought you yeah. were going to say. Um, that's uh, just because uh, one of the things I glossed over in our interview is uh, there was a year where I I said I'm done with photography. And I wasn't. Um, I said I'm done with photography and I packed up my digital camera and I didn't touch it except for when I was at work because I was working. Um, but on the weekends and uh, at, on nights, I would hang out with uh, a group of friends that were really into film photography. And so I had a film camera and I would take it with me and it actually taught me more about lighting and composition and um, about the how precious each individual frame is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, because of how much I learned from that, it not only helped me get back into being a photographer and save my career, but it also actually taught me to take good photos mm-hmm. because it taught me to to slow down and focus. Yes. So, develop is, and that's very interesting because we're talking about developing film there, but it's also about personal I know. Tying everything in. Do you want to do like two more? Two more? Okay. <laughs> Would you rather travel to 1720 or 1920? 1920 for sure. Me too. As, as cool as 1720 would be just to see because it would it be a culture shock, mm-hmm. 1920 was like, aside from the racism, like one of the coolest er- and, and inequality for women for and all art. this, but just like the, the renaissance mm-hmm. of the night, like it's not the true renaissance, but it is a, like a cultural renaissance. Yeah. And like, um, I love the great Gatsby when I read it in school. And so, um, I, I'm, I collect vinyl. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm like really passionate about. Um, and so like to go back and to hear the beginnings of all the music I love, because mm-hmm. I think, all the music I love coming from the 1960s stems from the 1940s. All the 1940s music that created the 1960s music stems from the 1920s. It's all built on that. Mm-hmm. And so like, but I think there was a definite shift in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And so like, that would yeah. be amazing to go see. Definitely. What right. type of music do you listen to? Um, so I, I'm, I'm very strange in, I like a lot of different things. But when it comes to record, when it comes to uh, buying records, I tend to stick between um, 1965 and 1975, mm-hmm. um, with a five-year gap on either side, really. Um, so 1960s to right before 1980s. Um, so I like, like the Rat Pack with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, and I like the Beatles, and I like the Stones and mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, and I like all the bands that you see on that '70s show. That you that they listen to mm-hmm. talk about listening to. So um, I love that kind of music. Um, I, I often say that um, I listen to the music that your parents liked in high school. Mm-hmm. So 
Oh. I'm going to let you shuffle up so this deck. Shuffle it up. And then you can pick the last one. Oh, I'm going to pick the one. Wow. <laughs> Sustainability. Sustainability. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple different ways you can go with that. Yeah. Uh, you can talk globally. You can talk about personally. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the first thing I think about is <laughs> sustaining my uh, ideas. It's, mm -hmm. it's about um, how can I add more to my plate when I feel like my plate is already overflowing. Mm -hmm. um, so like right now I'm debating on... Uh, taking on like I, I've, I've for the last 11 years I've always been really intrigued by people who do, do daily vlogging which is where they make a video about their day every single day um, there's one guy that's been doing it for 11 years straight and he's gone through a divorce and had a brain tumor and he's vlog he has not missed a day Wow, so yeah, I was always wondering like what if someone was able to make a movie of their entire life mm -hmm. and, that's, and he's that's basically that. doing it um, yeah, so like he's remarried now, wow. and so like he's he he has proposed to his wife twice because he's been married on a vlog, which mm -hmm. is insane to capture both what. Anyways, to be able to watch that much of your life that for that long, um, that's kind of crazy to me. But I've always been really intrigued by it, and so now I'm like seriously considering it, mm -hmm. and it's insane to think about how much that I do right now and then adding, making, shooting and making one video every day on top of it. Um, so sustainability is a big thing for me right now because I'm, I'm, I'm questioning whether or not, I, I don't want to jump into something that I can't sustain. Um, I want to be able to, if I make a commitment to doing something, mm -hmm. I want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, that's what I think of when I think sustainability. Um, how about you? Taking care of the planet. Yeah, you think globally. You think bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. See, I'm selfish. <laughs> I can be selfish. But yeah, I mean, I definitely am selfish when it comes to sustainability because sometimes I'm too lazy to wash out my hummus container. Oh my God. <laughs> that is, you're such a, you're the devil. <laughs> no, like, you can't, okay, do you find that you beat yourself up about that? Or like, it's just like, does that make you feel like a bad person? Not necessarily. Just once it starts getting out of hand and I'm really not okay. being okay. present and really not thinking about um, the things that I do will affect the people that come after me. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, think, I think we can all learn from our mistakes and be better at that. Yeah. I think there's room for growth in everyone, um, some more than others. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I would love to become a, a vegetarian or a vegan and be able to help the planet in that way. Mm -hmm. But I haven't been able to make that leap yet, and I don't know that I ever will. Um, I used to be. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Are you not anymore? Mm -hmm. What happened? Um, I just didn't like the restrictiveness and mm -hmm. just being able to enjoy what the earth, the pleasures that the earth provides. Interesting that you say that, because I have the same belief. It's like, I... I can't, like, I, I, one of the big reasons I, I feel I can't switch over to being a vegetarian is because I don't think I should feel guilty for eating meat because when people lived in tribes and um, were the first people, they hunted. Mm -hmm. and But they used everything they needed and there wasn't excess. So I think the, the issue I take with, with meat is not eating it. Mm -hmm. It's how we go about 
doing that. Yeah. And that's the, the big thing with sustainability. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, it's not humane to those animals and it's, it's not good for the planet and yeah. we're putting out too much CO2 and we're leaving a bad carbon footprint yeah. and we're, just, we're deforesting everything. And so um, I think it's just if, if we can find a way to start getting back to our roots in the mm-hmm. sense that we use, we take what only what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen uh, Cowspiracy? No. I, I can't you watch You shouldn't watch it because it'll probably make you want to be a vegetarian. I already want to. Mm-hmm. I just, I suck at being a person. I just, I'm just bad at being a person. I should be a really great person, and I'm not always. I, oh. I, I, I may project that I'm very selfless, mm-hmm. but there are certain things like this that I know that I'm not. That, that remind me I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Where can people find you? Um, I am on Instagram at Tomsey Sawyer, and I have a podcast called the Thomas Sawyer podcast, which is available on YouTube and iTunes and wherever you get podcasts. Okay, cool. Thank you for having me on. website, right? Yeah, uh, my website is tomcsawyer.com. Cool. All right, that's everything. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation, and I hope you feel a little bit more inspired. I hope there was just something that you could take away from it. If you liked it, or if you didn't like it, let me know. Let me know what you think. Any of that feedback would be great. Also, before you go listen to another podcast, be sure to follow Thomas on Instagram, check out his website, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Go to iTunes to find his podcast. It's called the Thomas Sawyer Podcast. The links for all of those will be in the show notes. So if you want to support the podcast in any way, right now there's just a couple of options. So you could go hit the subscribe button. That'll help me reach more people. You could leave a review if you're enjoying the show. Also, if you want to connect with me and get updates on the show, you can follow me at Museroom Podcast on Instagram. All of this will help my podcast grow. It'll help me reach new people. It'll help me build a community, which is what I really want to do. One more thing. If you have anyone that you're dying to hear on the podcast, go ahead and shoot me an email to museroompodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. All right. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Bye.